And now a word from our sponsor. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. If you would stand in honor of God's word, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. You all have Sunday best here at Forest Baptist Church. Amen. God bless you, brother. And this choir, this minister of music, has done a marvelous job. Amen. Ephesians 1, 3 through 14. In the Greek, this is one of the longest passages in the New Testament. I'm reading from the New Living Translation of the Holy Bible. Paul says, how we praise God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we belong to Christ. Long ago, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. His unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. And this gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the wonderful kindness he has poured out on us because we belong to his dearly loved son. He is so rich in kindness that he purchased our freedom through the blood of his son and our sins are forgiven. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. God's secret plan has now been revealed to us. It is a plan centered on Christ, designed long ago according to his good pleasure. And this is his plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together. Under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because of Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For he chose us from the beginning. And all things happened just as he decided long ago. God's purpose was that we who were the first to trust in Christ should praise our glorious God. And now you also have heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you 
the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us everything he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. This is just one more reason for us to praise our glorious God. You may be seated in the presence of our God. It's all about him. It's all about him. Some of you have read the popular best-selling book, The Purpose Driven Life, in which Rick Warren gives this opening statement. It's not about you. Say it again. It's not about you. How much better would our churches be if all of us understood it's not about us? There would be less hell in the choir. If we understood that it's not about us, there would be less competition between associate ministers. Help me somebody. If we understood it's not about us, the ushers would smile. Even at those who come into God's house with a bad attitude. Can I get a witness up in here? If all of us understood it's not about us. You know, I had a very interesting experience yesterday. I took our two youngest kids to a festival at Beachland Baptist Church in PRP where we live. And I was talking to the pastor, my good friend, Dr. Ken Hollis. And I said, you know, Katie, my three-year-old, is, is afraid of clowns. And there's a clown running around this festival. Wherever we go, the clown pops up. And she's afraid, she's petrified of clowns. And then I was thinking to myself that the purpose of a clown is to be the center of attention and entertain other folks. And so I said to Pastor Hollis, I said, Pastor, if she's afraid of clowns, how is she surviving in the local church? Because the church has a lot of folk who want to be at the center of attention. Who cry like babies if they don't get their way. I know, not here at Forest Baptist, but over at Temple of Faith where I pastor. There are just a few folk that don't realize that it's not about us. Oh, help me somebody. If you can't say amen, say ouch up in here. And in this particular passage of scripture, we find that God 
has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Everybody say, in Christ. That he alone might be glorified for all eternity. I said that God has already blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Oh, that was your cue to say amen. That was your cue to say thank you, Jesus. I said God has already. Oh, I feel like preaching up in here. Blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So stop griping, moaning, and complaining about what you ain't got. And give God thanks for what he has already done for you. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus Concerning you, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All ye lands, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he who have made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise give thanks unto him and bless his name for the lord is good his mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations somebody shall thank you lord i'll praise you god on credit because i got some back praise that I still owe you for what you've done in my life yesterday. Pick me up and turn me around. Planted my feet on solid ground. You ought to give him some praise, Forrest. Because he's worthy of all of our praise. He's already done enough. If he saved your soul from a burning hell and never does anything else in your life, you still got cause to praise him. You shouldn't have to wait for the praise team to pump you up. Shouldn't have to wait for the preacher to pump you up. You ought to come up in here singing, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. The text says in verse 3, how we praise God. The word for praise in the Greek is eulogia from which we get the term eulogy, where we speak well of those who have died. Oh, you missed it. In other words, we need to give a eulogy for Jesus. But see, the critical difference, Pastor, about this eulogy is that he didn't stay dead. 
but he got up with all power in his hand. Notice praise ought to be who we are and not just what we do. Oh, help me somebody. The Westminster Shorter Catechism completed in 1647 gives us the following statement of faith. Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I've been prepackaged for praise. Come on, somebody. You've been created to give God worship. You've been created to lift him up because it's all about him. Am I right about it? But sadly, many of us are not doing what we have been created to do. Huh? What if I take this watch and I go swimming with this watch on? It's not going to work. Because it was not created for me to go swimming with it on. Oh, help me somebody. But you have been created to worship and to praise our God. And you don't have to wait until an annual day to give him praise because every day is a day of thanksgiving God's been good to me every day he's blessing me the Lord is blessing me woke me up this morning started me on my way the Lord is blessing me right now. So not only ought we praise God for what happened yesterday, some of us need to give God a right now praise. They said you wouldn't make it, but you're here right now. How we praise God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we belong to Christ. Our treasures are stored up in heaven. Help me somebody. The problem in the church is that many of us are driving our tithe or wearing our tithe. And don't get me wrong, I, I, I love big beautiful hats on the sisters. There's something to be said about an African-American woman with a beautiful church hat on. But what good is a $50 hat on a 50-cent head? Oh, help me somebody. Our treasures are stored up where? In heaven and not on earth. Verse 4 says, long ago, even before he made the world, God loved us. Mm -hmm. Even when Tyrone didn't love you. God loved you. <laughs> Can I get a witness up in here? Can't nobody do you like Jesus. God loved us and chose us in Christ 
not to be raggedy, but to be holy. Not only have we been prepackaged for praise, we've been set up to live holy. What are you talking about holy? Holiness, isn't that for the sanctified or Pentecostal churches? No, last, I read the Bible, it didn't say this is the Baptist word or the Pentecostal word. This is a Christian word, holiness. We don't hear a lot of sermons about holiness on TBN. Many of our most popular bishops and pastors and preachers don't make a living preaching about how Christians are to avoid sin. We, 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 we just want to give you seven quick steps for your best life now. And send you back home living just as raggedy as you lived before. What good is speaking in tongues if you can't talk to your neighbor? Oh, I feel like preaching up in here. Whether you go with me or not, I'm, I'm going to preach. And interestingly, this whole pericope of scripture illustrates in a beautiful way the efficacy and the value of your theme. Because 28 different times in this particular translation of the Bible, there is a personal pronoun being used for God. Why did he save us? For his good pleasure. Why does God have a plan for my life? So that I can glorify him. So that I can stop clowning around. Acting like I'm at the center of attention. And put Jesus in his rightful place. Can I get a witness up in here? Because he says if I, if I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all men. Unto me. Don't exalt the preacher. Don't exalt the pew. Preach the gospel simple, full, and free. And we discover three things in our text very quickly. Three things, if you're taking notes. Three things in our text. The first of which is our adoption is all about him. Our adoption, say adoption, our adoption is all about him. That's a theological term, adoption, because if you understand this concept from the Bible, you recognize the fact that you were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned. And comes short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says. For the wages of sin is. But. Oh you better be shouting right then and there. But the gift of God. Is eternal life through Jesus Christ. 
our Lord. So we were lost, but Jesus found us. You really didn't find God, he found you. Even when you didn't give a care about Jesus, he was looking for you. Come with me to Genesis chapter 3, in which humanity had fallen into sin in the person of Adam. And the Bible says that they heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Well, what was God doing taking a walk? He was looking to restore the relationship that he had with man that had been broken. And I'm wondering if there's somebody up in here, if there are about five folk who can testify that you thank the Lord that he was looking for you even when you were not looking for him. We love him because he first loved us. Oh, yes, he did. Adoption says that God saw that we were out of his family. And he says, what I'm going to do and what I plan to do even before I created them, oh, you missed that. Because God has perfect foreknowledge. He already knew that we would mess it up. But he created us anyway. Oh, come on, somebody. Every sin that you have committed in your life, God knew precisely what you would do and when you would do it, but he still woke you up this morning. Oh, hallelujah to God. He adopted us. Notice what it says in verses 4 and following. Long ago, even before he made the world, God loved us. And chose us in Christ. Jesus says, you didn't choose me. I chose you. Right? First Peter says, but ye are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. And holy nation. A peculiar people that you should show forth. The praises of him who have called you out of darkness. And into his marvelous light, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not obtained mercy, but now you have obtained mercy. How many of you know that it was not the alarm clock that got you up this morning? It was God's grace and his mercy. He chose us. Why? To be adopted into his own family. Bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. And this gave him great pleasure. Adoption is a legal process whereby one person receives another into his or her family. Those adopted by God the Father are joint heirs with Christ. Receiving all, say all, receiving all the benefits 
and blessings related to being a part of his family. I said, when we get saved, we get all the benefits and the blessings connected with being a member of God's family. Oh, let me say that one more time. Some of y'all missed it. I said, when you get saved, God bequeaths you. God invests in you all of the benefits and the blessings afforded to every Christian. If you work at Humana or Brown and Foreman or Ford Motor Company, their benefit package cannot touch being saved. Because the benefits are literally out of this world. Help me somebody. How many of you know it pays to serve Jesus? It pays every day. Be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. When you get tired and when you get weary, what is it that enables you to stand like Donnie sings about, like my brother sung about? It's remembering, uh, it's reflecting on the fact that God has hooked me up better than AT&T. He reached out and touched me. With the finger of love. And I've been adopted into his family. My oldest daughter is not mine biologically. She is mine by marriage. And I never referred to Kayla as my stepdaughter. And when me and Nanette got married... I not only presented Nanette with the ring, I gave Kayla a ring, which symbolized the fact that yes, you have a biological father that's involved in your life, but because I'm married to your mama, when it comes to this house, I am your father figure. Oh, help me somebody. So I don't refer to her as my stepdaughter. You know why? Because God ain't got no stepchildren. Either you are his or you are not. Behold what manner the love the Father has given unto us that we should be called the children of God. Is there anybody up in here who is happy that God has called you His child. Think about all the messed up stuff you've done in your life. Who you used to be. What you still are. And God still calls you his child. I may not feel like it. May not always act like it. But I've been bought by the blood of the Lamb and I belong to Jesus. Our adoption 
is all about him. Number two, our redemption is all about him. Look at verses seven and eight. It says, he is so rich in kindness. How many of you know that God is kind? He's so rich in kindness that he purchased our freedom through the blood of his son. And our sins are forgiven. Past, present, and future sins are under the blood. Whatever is over your head is under the blood. Oh, help me somebody. And the text, the text, the text says that he purchased our freedom through the blood of his son and our sins are forgiven. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. Anybody here like me like to take a nice hot shower? And you feel the water and the soap cascading upon your back? Think about this the next time you take a shower. That God's kindness... is being drenched over you so much that you don't even have room enough to receive everything that God is dumping into your life from heaven. I shout by myself. Redemption means to ransom in full. Everybody say paid in full. The ransom price for sinful humanity was paid by Christ's shed blood. Our redemption in Christ has two aspects. One is our present redeemed state since we've been saved. And the other is the future deliverance of our bodies from decay when this, come on somebody, old dilapidated, arthritic body is going to take up come on somebody a new body fashioned after Jesus body oh help me somebody our redemption is all about him that word redeem literally means to buy back our brother was singing and he was exhorting us about how many of us have come from situations when we didn't know how we would make it financially. And I turned to Brother Rob and I said, I'm still there. (laughs) Can I get a witness up in here? And back in the day when I was really as broke as the Ten Commandments, when I was in college, I would go to the pawn shop. Now, I know that you're from the esteemed Newburgh community and you've never, you've never ever been to a pawn shop before, but I've had to pawn some jewelry and some other stuff just to have some money, some change, to buy some bread, peanut butter and jelly. Oh, help me somebody. But then after a while, God would bless me 
to the point where I could walk with my head held high into that pawn shop and say, give me my stuff. And that's what God did in the person of Jesus Christ. He stormed the gates of hell and he put down a vial of blood and he said, give me my stuff. He's mine. Give me my stuff. She's mine. I have a purpose and I have a plan for them. Like MC Hammer, he said, you can't touch this. Can I get a witness up in here? Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, you can't touch this. Touch not mine anointed. Not only refers to the preacher or to the pastor. But our extended New Testament understanding is that everybody that's got the Holy Spirit in them is God's anointed. So you better be careful how you treat another child of God. Originally, the name Christian was a bad word for good people. And now, sadly... It is a good word for bad people. You'll get that on your way home. (laughs) Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin. Oh, I like this. Had left a crimson stain but he washed it white as snow I want you to envision in your mind the worst thing you've ever done in your life that if it was broadcast on a screen in front of everybody you would be so ashamed you would have to put up the little black baptist finger and tiptoe come on somebody out of the sanctuary Jesus paid for that yes he did so when the devil reminds you of your past remind him of his future Be like Master P say, I'm about it, about it. Because of Jesus, not because of me. Huh? Some of us have tried to go against Satan in our own authority. And we got wiped out. Went all upside our head. Because when you step to Satan, You better step in the name that is above every other name. The name of Jesus. Our adoption is all about him. Our redemption is all about him. And then as I hurry to a close, our protection is all about him. You've heard it said that I'm from Detroit, Michigan. I mean, Detroit, 
Michigan. I've seen some dangerous situations. I've been in some dangerous situations in the hood, as it were. But one thing I've learned over time is that God is a show enough good protector. Can I get a witness up in here? Whether you live in Louisville or Detroit, Chicago, L.A., Mississippi, it matters not where you live. God has angels watching over you. All day, all night, angels keep watch over me. Can I get a witness? Anybody here ever been in an almost car wreck? You know what an almost car wreck is? You should have had a head-on collision. But God snatched you out of the way so that you could escape. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Can I get a witness up in here? Can somebody up in here testify to the fact that he is a keeper? He will keep your mind in perfect peace as your mind is stayed on him. I don't know about you, but I should have lost my mind a long time ago. But he kept me. How many of you know that not only have you been saved by grace, but he's keeping you by his grace. Have I got a witness? He's a protector. He's a defender. He's a vindicator. Say yes. I'm almost through. But I just got to get to the text one more time. Because in the text, in verses 12 through 14, you have one of the most powerful and poignant passages of scripture that is so pregnant with insight, it gives birth every time I read it. Have I got a witness? It says, and now, say and now, you also have heard the truth. The good news that comes to save you. And when you believed in Christ, at that very moment, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit. You ain't got to tarry for the Holy Spirit. You ain't got to speak in tongues to get the Holy Spirit. The very moment of your salvation, your heart has been invaded by the Holy Ghost of God, whom he promised long ago. Is there anybody here who knows that God keeps his promises? Yes, the Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us Everything he promised. It's a deposit. I said he's a deposit. Because he is not an it. He's a person. The third person 
of the Trinity. I get so sick of gospel music that refers to the Holy Spirit as an it. He ain't an it. He's a he. The third person of the Trinity. He walks with me and talks with me and lives on the inside of me and his very presence in my heart is a guarantee that I will get everything that God promised before the foundation of the world this is just one more reason to give God praise one more reason to lift him up because I've been protected by the Holy Ghost. I've been secured by the Holy Spirit. Some translations say that he's a seal. Everybody say seal. Do we have any notary publics up in here? When you want to authenticate the efficacy of something, you put your seal on it. We have a temple of faith seal that we can affix to any letter that goes out from the church. It lets you see that it's been officially sent. It lets you see that no fake sent the letter. It lets you see that no imposter sent the letter. It lets you see that God sends a letter and you're wrapped up in the envelope and he places the seal which is the Holy Spirit that keeps you, that perseveres you, that protects you, that secures you, that defends you, that instructs you, that comforts you, that consoles you. What is it? Who is it? On the inside of me, something within me, that hold of the reins, something within me that banishes pain, something within me I cannot explain. All that I know, I've got something within. And let me take an informal poll. How many of you know that you know that you know that the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you? He'll make you run when nobody's chasing you. He gives you pep in your step, a new way of walking. A new way of talking. I looked at my hands. And they looked new. I looked at my feet. And they did too. Ah. Yes. Oh. How I love Jesus. Oh. How I love Jesus. Oh. How I love Jesus. Because. He first. Love me. Is he a doctor in the sick room? A lawyer in the courtroom? A friend when you're lonely? Your comfort when you're depressed? Oh, how I love Jesus.
because oh I feel the Holy Spirit because he first loved me pastor is going to come up and give the invitation may your ears may your eyes and may your hearts be open Amen.